Wayne, how are you doing, sir? Uh, great, thanks, Matt. It's a fine time to be in the uranium industry. Finally, right, right. So here, here we are. Everyone's super, super excited and stoked, and we're having a fantastic week. We're doing uranium uncovered, uh, partly for people who've never invested in the space before, partly as a reminder to some of us who perhaps take some of these things for for granted, and maybe a little bit of an explanation along the way as to maybe what what certain things mean. So look, I'm. Appreciate you calling in from North America, and perhaps that's the perspective that I would um, appreciate because we've been talking to people in Australia, across Europe, in Africa, Canada, and, and now down in, down the US with you. Um, let's talk about price first of all. Uh, expect did you expect it to kind of rip through one hundred as easily as it did? Yeah, well, you know, it was maybe just two weeks ago we talked and did a, did a good company um, interview. And and at that time, I think we were ninety four dollars, and and I said, you know, we're gonna hit a hundred, you know, sooner or later. It won't be too long. I didn't know it was gonna be three days later, and probably before the interview even published. So that was that was fun for me, and you know, and and my words then, you know, with with a longer term view of the, or, or at least an, a twenty twenty four view of the market was, this is the year we're gonna break an all time high. Uh, you know, I may not stay there for for a very long time, but I think that we have every chance to to go, you know, above one hundred forty dollars or you know to that level, maybe one hundred fifty dollars. It's well within sight, um, and and it was a not if but when, and I thought it would be twenty twenty four. So this is this is a time that the market has uh, demand. Uh, we're going to be you know seeing utilities. Um, in the market doing some more longer term contracting but i'll say right now it's it's not very active in the long-term market and the, all the actions on the spot side so um you know but that that's helpful because because the long-term market pricing cannot stay this far apart from the spot price we'll come period. back to that we'll come back to that i just want to talk about pricing and the sustainability of it okay you know if I'm an investor, I want this thing to rip through 200. I'm super, super excited because my assumption is that that will reflect in share price appreciation and I'm, I'm in the money. I'm ready to retire, okay? If I'm a banker, if it's if it's above 100 bucks uh, and for some sustained period, I'm a lot, I'm, you know, I'm still very, very comfortable with the economics for most advanced development stories that I've um, been looking at. So, do we need it to stay higher than a 140, 150 the numbers that you mentioned for long periods of time, or is 100 not too bad? 100, uh, 100 is well within the, in my view, the incentive price for producers. And you see more and more announcements about production being brought back online. You got the Brownfields projects. You got you, know, you got some new producers aspiring to come on, but. You know, let's keep in mind that's a that's a lengthy process, and it's quite a bit of time before product gets to market. So for 2024 and well into 2025, uh, you know, I don't see anything outside of some black swan event that that would have downward pressure on the price. We have a deficit of supply. When buyers come to the spot market, the spot market responds with significant, you know, price. Uh, signals towards the upside. Uh, this is this is a, a very favorable market. Supply is not just going to appear out of nowhere. 
So, um, but demand is, is certainly going to be strong and continuing. If we have the funds that, that uh, purchase uranium and inventory, you know, and, and, and it's a play on the price of uranium, active in the market, those guys come into the market and they're active, um, that's going to be continued upward pressure on the price uh, because nobody that I know of is sitting on surplus inventory. You know, even at $100, we don't have, you know, significant amounts of inventory coming into the market. Well, if, if I'm looking at the U.S. utilities, um, obviously they sit on inventory for their own purposes, not for resale, obviously. So if I'm looking at that, we used to talk about, you know, they usually sit on about three years worth of inventory. That suggests that there's a little bit of time for some of the advanced uh, players to, you know, maybe get into production and kind of sell, sell into that demand. Is it at three years still in the U.S.? Well, I think it's closer to two years. There was a there was a movement, you know, quite a while ago, a couple of years back, to you know improve the economies and and do just in time, and and the U.S. utilities moved quite quite far towards a two year inventory. That being said, you know that they still sit on that. You know, I don't anticipate utilities driving the spot price in twenty twenty four. They just simply don't. They're good planners. They should be. You know, they, they got a serious job, the fuel buyers with the with the utilities, and, and they make sure that, you know, they're covered. You know, they might come into the spot market if they see it as, as opportune. But today, uh, you know, the better pricing structure is actually in the term market. So more and more you'll see utilities coming in as term players uh, looking for, you know, to lock in what is presently a lower term price than than a spot price, right? But there aren't that many companies they can sign term contracts with. We've seen, you know, Cameco. We've seen it was I think it was Cameco and, and Kazatomprom. Sorry, he said, "Well, well, we're having a, we're going to have a few problems on hitting the our, our guidance, right?" Then you've got, um, you know, most of the kind of any most of Kazatomprom stuff's heading east. It seems anyway. But then you've got only a small, I think, possibly a handful of companies talking about. New production anytime soon, maybe in the next three years. You're you're one of them, but you know, if we're for for frank and honest, if dollar terms very attractive, buying pounds, right of pounds, not 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 too big. So the utility is going to be surely a little bit nervous about where they look for this stuff because it's all been kind of mopped up. You know, Spot is doing its thing, uh, Yellow Cake's doing its thing, and 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 others. So. If I'm a utility buyer now, do I start to think about contracting at near um, spot prices anytime soon, or do I, you know, steal my nerves and 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 hope it all goes away? Good question. So, so the first aspect of that is really how are the utilities looking at at the up and coming producers that, you know, that the guys who haven't been in production haven't been the stalwarts of the industry of you know supplied, and and very clearly. You know, there's a move towards contracting with the up-and-coming producers. More and more, you see uh, folks who have production ambitions announcing um, sales contracts. Their first sale contract. You know, Peninsula has multiple ones. We've been in this game for quite a long time. You know, but we got our first sales contract, and it represents two hundred thousand pounds a year. That's what a utility is going to do with an up-and-coming producer. They don't put a big bet on them, but they're willing to put a bet on. You know the up-and-coming producers uh, then will layer in multiple 
you know, 200, 250,000 pound a year contracts to, you know, to get to a million. And so many of the producers are talking about producing multiple millions of uh, pounds a year. So, you know, the contract book is going to be a small bit of, of their production uh, in the future if they're successful. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, you know, it's going to take quite a bit of effort. One contract does not a company make if you're a junior producer. Uh, now, the second part of that um, pricing and, and the guess on, on, you know, how does how does a utility take a bet um, in the U.S. particularly, but I think really globally. Um, the Western utilities, um, the, the the favored pricing structures these days uh, tend to be hybrid. It's um, it's a portion of of the contract is is exposed to spot prices, and a portion of it is going to have a base price escalated. Now, typically, you know the the spot portion is going to have floors and ceilings, and the floors and ceilings have certainly gone up in the recent uh, weeks and months. Um, but but the base price escalated, which is what you see the um, term price reported as. You know the term price is kind of the base price that you know you you start with today. Um, that hasn't moved up, and that's in favor of the utilities. But it keeps uh, the the sellers from wanting a very significant portion of base price at this time. Now, if your production costs are forty dollars, and you're signing a, a base price. Or, or a contract with a base price element that's 68 today, or, or you know, I think the next contract set that that has a, a new base price is going to be higher than that. It just hasn't, you know, come into the market and been reported yet. You know, so let's just say 70 or 75 because we can't have such disparity between term and spot. Uh, but you know, if your price is 40 or your cost is 40, and 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 your Getting a base price of seventy-five and and a market component as well—that's a that's a good contract for a junior producer, right? And and I'm kind of wondering about this the psychology, but I've talked about that a lot this week with God's tea, you know, buyer's market to seller's market, yeah, and and the psychology on on both sides there. So I appreciate what you say about how it used to be for new producers: two hundred pounds, two hundred thousand pounds here, two hundred thousand pounds there. Makes sense because we don't know if they're good enough, but at the same time, as you tell me, I'm able to go and buy it in the market where, wherever I want. So I'm, I'm not, I'm in no kind of rush for this to kind of tie myself down back then. Now, I just wonder if you've got a handful of new producers, not a lot of choice, maybe you do want to tie the, the um, amount of pounds you can get out of them down a little bit more. Maybe those numbers do increase, right? Because uh, I may not have other choices, you know. For, you know, once this company's proved itself, by then I've run out, right? So there's a the psychology. I think is is kind of kind of interesting. And the sellers, likewise, if you've kind of got these hybrid contract terms where you can agree higher base levels and align the you know the the, the ceilings are much much closer to spot as as part of your hedging, that's that's great. You probably would want to do that. I don't think anyone's going to make the same mistake of saying where we're 100% exposed to spot. We, we saw it happen the last cycle. Think things can go wrong or have gone wrong. Um, so, how do you, how do you kind of read that psychology? You're going to, you're, you've obviously got a few contracts uh, already in place. You will be with new powers coming through. Be talking um, more more term contracts. 
How do you view it now? Are you sort of more in control than you were, say, you know, the last five years? Yeah. Well, uh, risk management for the utilities is still risk management for the utilities. You know, they'd like to get their supply from multiple sources. Uh, unless you're a one reactor utility or, or you know, a one unit shop, you know, you probably spend some time and get material from multiple sources. Uh, and that and that means th- that's why, you know, the juniors, the, the higher risk profile guys who, you know, the ones who haven't yet performed, um, you know, get, get smaller contracts. That being said, I think you're right. Um, there is some psychology that, you know, the market is thin and they're not getting um, opportunities to, you know, to take 500,000 pounds or million pound a year chunks from from the from the majors, the big the big producers. Therefore, you have to take bigger pieces from from your new contract. So, I think the the size of of the annual uh, contract for the for for the up and coming producers, um, you know, is moving upward, um, and and that's because uh, of the the lack of uh, participants in the, on the sales side. And we've seen that, you know, utilities have gone out for contracts and, and, you know, it's been reported back. They didn't have as many responses as they expected. But again, that's because, you know, who's got the pounds? Well, who's, who's got the pounds? And even if you do, maybe I'll wait three months and see this thing at 150. I'll negotiate from that position. Maybe there's a bit of that. Yeah. Well, plenty of it. And, you know, there's, there's, Producers, you know, coming to the market who are completely unhedged, just fully on the bet that that the spot market is going to be the place, and and that they'll be able to put all of their production in the spot market at very good prices. Maybe they will in the short term. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Do you ever see a situation? Because I want to make this sort of North American focus. We've saw some great commentary from around around the world, but it, from a North American perspective, and I'm sure conversations that you're exposed to. If life does get difficult, as a utility, do you start leaning on government saying, well, hang on a sec, don't you think that these American producers should be selling into American companies only? Should we be exporting uranium? Um, we're, we're kind of creating a real problem for ourselves here, boys. You know, and I, like we know lobbyists and you know how it all works and, and, and other sectors and so forth. Do you ever sort of see, see a scenario like that? Does it hinder you? That would be quite something. That would be a real turn of the cards. Um, you know, just a few years back, the uranium producers of America were telling the utilities that they should be buying U.S. Uh, and, you know, and saying this would be good policy, you know, and lobbying the government that the U.S. utilities should be buying a larger portion of the U.S. production. So, uh, and, and that was quite well resisted because there's, you know, the U.S. producers were simply producing zero at the moment, and this was all about getting uh, contracts and incentives to produce, but not, you know, to turn the cards and flip it over completely and say, now the utilities would come back, Matt, and and say, well, the U.S. producers should only sell to the uh, to the U.S. utilities. I'd love to see that. That would that would put a big smile on my face. When I said. Front row seats, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But it, but it's 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 not. You know, you look at other other sectors where that has happened, other uh, industrial sectors where that kind of has happened, right? You uh, you made it made in the U.S. of A. Don't get me wrong. The U.S. producers, you know, love to do business in the United States. It's 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 the right place, and you know, we have a good market. The utilities are, um, you know, the utilities do do business with the U.S. producers. Uh, you know. 
we have contracts as at Peninsula, you know, for for are um, with U.S. utilities and European utilities. So you know, you know, we're happy to be uh, in, you know doing business here in North America where we produce the pounds. It's easiest for us. We don't have you know the transportation logistics issues that you know shipping to to other places. But a lot of uranium gets traded here in North America, whether or not you're. You're doing business with a European utility. I mean, so when we obviously last spoke, you, you talked about, you know, so you had to kind of deal with a kind of curveball uh, thrown at you um, earlier, well, in the middle of last last year, and you're sort of now quite close to production. Now, in a, in a price environment like this, obviously you, you've got fixed contracts there, but in a price environment like that, that will kind of do something for you. It, it's not a case of, you know, co- co- money covers a multitude of sins. It's a case of it makes up for the unexpected in, in, in some ways. So do, do, do you see, are you looking at the market like that and going, well, actually, I think we're going to be in a position to kind of play catch up just a little bit quicker now, unexpectedly? Well, capitalizing our ambitions is a lot easier in this market. Absolutely. It's 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 good to work with tailwinds, you know, a good uranium market. Um, you know, like you said, we, we had to you know, press reset and and go towards um, um, expanding the cap, the capability, and the capacity of, of our uh, back of our plant, and especially the back end of the plant, so that we can produce a final dry yellow cake. And you know, that plant construction takes a little bit of time and money. Uh, we've addressed you know, as a company and uh, the, the money picture, and and raised the capital we need to to construct that plant and put the project into production. You know, we're happy about that. Uh, you know any other you know additional expansions, which you know now uh, there's more pressure to say, you know, you know why are you why are you building a two million pound a year plant when you could build three under your license? You know the question is you know where do you get that next million from? You know and that too takes money. You have to put drill rigs to work. You have to you know uh, build a satellite plant or or something like that. Uh, but now the pressure is you know how far can you go? How 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 high can you ramp up? You know, for us, uh, it was just August of last year when we reset our ambitions from eight hundred thousand pounds a year to two million or thereabouts. You know, and now and the market, you know, in the interim has really moved upwards. Uh, I, I chuckle because in our August uh, life of mind study, we did a sensitivity of the price of uranium, and and the sensitivity graph that we prepared and it's in our corporate presentation stopped at a hundred. Dollars a pound was still so far away in August. So you know the world has changed. You know now the expectations and the questions are how how far can you go and and how much can you build your production profile in the short term. So you know people are trying to get into production. Um, you know and it's going to take years. It's it's a lot of work. You need a really good team. Peninsula has an excellent team, producers, experienced operators. You know we have. Um, in my view, you know, a team that lets me sleep well at night, knowing that that the work gets done and, and the project moves forward on schedule. You raise an interesting point there, actually, Wayne. I kind of feel like there's two conversations that go on in this market. There's the reality, and then there's the expectation, right? So, the, and by that I mean companies that can do, and they kind of get on with it. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw you in that camp, right? Where Peninsula, you've had a few rough moments um, with the markets, etc. Everyone has, and you know, some of it 
their own doing and and some of it you know unexpected but you're in you're in that camp of the real world so you get this thing into production and there's no let's say bs around how what the process looks like it, it's mining's tough it's really hard it's even tough when you actually got to get into production and actually produce that revenue and grow still tell a growth story right and then there's the kind of expectations space which is obviously around you know exploration and there's the good and the bad and the ugly in there um and then there are other developers too who perhaps more concerned with the, the the marketing and the storytelling than the than the doing and i, I kind of feel these 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 things are running in parallel but it, as dustin gary said to me earlier in the week he said like the rubber's got to hit the road at some point if you're able to get into production you've got to show that you're going to get into production but talk about it show how you're going to get into production as it is the best that that company can um because all the marketing dollars in the world won't do that for you. It's actually the people who are going to do that for you. Um, it's the knowing the step process to kind of get or, or get that over the line and into production. It, that's the only way this thing happens. So real world versus slight, slight fantasy in some cases, but um, slower moving projects, which perhaps don't have the right people in, in, in charge for things other than marketing and that's it's kind of confusing as an investor so i think i want a blended approach to my uh, uranium investments i want a bit of exploration don't mind that bit of de- early development late development and even some of the some of the producers and i also like some of the etfs and i kind of like the split thing as well you know the deep yellow whatever, whatever you know whatever or yellow cake whatever you're into get that balance right but do, do you know what i mean about that kind of I mean, you must have see i must have looked out there and go well that's that's a little bit speculative, right? Well, you know, thanks, Matt. Um, if I was an investor, I'd, you know, and I was thinking that I want to put some money into an up-and-coming uranium producer, uh, and I th- my recommendation is look for companies that have done their de-risking uh, and been very public with their uh, disclosures. Do you have a resource statement that's, you know, in a, 43101 or a JORC or an SK format that that the, the investor can review to have confidence that your resource has been reviewed by a third party and that you're putting a mine on a good resource. Do you have a, a up-to-date um, feasibility study, a life of mine economics that, you know, not something. Uh, and then are, is the company presenting a production profile, uh, you know, a ramp up plan, a, a, you know, how much production do you expect? Uh, you know, believe it or not, some companies out there right now are saying we're going into production without actually saying how much they're going to produce. They want the investor to make the assumption uh, um, and and make the assumption favorably for them and, and put their money into it. So there's fundamentals. There's There's companies that push fundamentals and do the right thing and you know, have done the de-risking and are you know technically adept and have the operational team at you know that that know what they're doing. And then there's there's some companies like you said more on the promotional side that that again want the investor to make the assumptions and rather than to fill in the blanks with with actual data. Yeah, and it, it's I'm, who who am I to say you know once right or once wrong if the share price is moving. You got happy shareholders, but at some point, I think you've got to work out the balance of your portfolio between that kind of the in terms of the the risk profile. So expiration clearly going to be a higher risk, but higher return if it 
comes off and you enter and exit at the right points. Um, development, a little bit safer. Um, but again, those development companies need to kind of get to an end point, which says, I think this thing's you know, going to get into a FID stage. It's going to be able to get financed um, and maybe get into production. Now, there are no guarantees just because they've got the money it will get into production uh, either, you know? We know that a rising tide lifts all boats, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, we certainly have a rising tide in the, in the uranium market. So, Everybody is going to enjoy, you know, if you're, if you're an upcoming uranium producer and want to be even an explorer, you know, this is a great time to be in the uranium space. I think that's how we opened. And, and, you know, so the investors have an opportunity and, and, you know, to look at producers, developers, good marketers, explorers. I, I think they're all class of uranium company. And, and now welcome everybody new. I mean, there's, you know, uranium companies and, and companies that have never been uranium companies that want to put uranium projects on because this is the commodity at the moment. This is, you know, I, I come from a conference uh, last weekend and and uh, was introduced to a whole bunch of people who say, you know, do you have a project to spin out? I'd love to get an, a uranium project to develop. You know, it's we're going to we're going to go back towards a couple hundred uranium investment opportunities and if that's your investment style there's there's going to be opportunities to put down new money into companies that have never touched uranium yeah and and, and good luck with that because I'm, I'm sure people spin out their good stuff right um <laughs> all the best yes all the best you're welcome um but yeah there's the games we play there but if you know what you're getting into then i i guess i guess it's fine um, there, but it kind of raises an interesting point, which is, um, you maybe some people looking in and going, think this is the thing's a bit toppy. I've missed the boat. It's floating, but I've missed it. Um, is, is the thing that's right, or do you think people can still make money at these levels? There's, there's plenty. I don't think you missed the boat. I think the the price is still moving upward. Um, you know, this is a, the uranium market is a market. It's gonna go up in, in chunks and it's going to stabilize. It might retreat a little bit. Um, but, but in the end, uh, the trajectory in the last several months has been upward and uh, I have seen nothing to change that trajectory. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess what I'm looking at is like, you know, can uranium can do no wrong, may, may not necessarily be the best strategy. Well, uh, so data point for your uh, investing. Um, some, a lot. There's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of rubbish out there, and there's a lot of rubbish coming down the line as well. So I think, for, again, come back to people. Just think about your strategy for including uranium in your investment portfolio. Blended approach, please. You know, match your risk profile to your choices. Um, and of course, you know, not doesn't have to be just uranium uh in there in there either I think. I th I think too though that if you look at the equities, the, the the stocks of the the producers and developers, it's they've lagged the the physical price of uranium, uh, you know, in increasing. Uh so there's you know, if you're concerned that the price of uranium might not be going up, you know, because it's it's already there, uh you still have a lot of time uh, I think to to you know, attach to a, a, a producer, a developer, and and see the market respond to higher prices because you know, there are there's a, 
Yeah, there there are companies, and, and Peninsula is one of them that has not increased with the price of uranium. Uh, as we were going through the process of getting uh, all the information and 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 the money that we needed into the market over the last six months, you know, coming into 2024, I feel very good about where we're positioned. We've done a capital raise. We're you know we have a lot of opportunities to to um, you know share good news into the market and and to stimulate our share price with with some good actions uh, and and positive results from from the work that we're doing. You know, there's companies if you look that are that are still a very good value in the market, and and investors should take a, a, a their own um, deep dive and do their own research. Uh, but they'll see them. They'll see the companies that haven't performed with the market, and they'll see the ones that are, you know, really poised now to move rather than you know a little while ago when the market was moving. Never a true word. Well, like, thanks for that romp through your your thoughts on the market at the moment. Um, you know, people trying to work out what's going on. I was listening to um, something that John Champag did uh, yesterday, and he was talking about the fact that you've got a lot of the generalists um, from from the banking, from the institutional side, even brokers who are saying, well, what is this uranium thing? That it seems to be the only thing green on any charts at the moment. And um, 250 is a lot of people over the last, I think he said three weeks. There's a lot of people that be kind of leaning in and going, how do I... What do I need to know? How do I understand how I play this? And then start either recommending to clients that they deploy capital or start deploying capital themselves as as funds. So it feels like there's a wall of money looking at the space and then hopefully one or two of them starts picking up um, the opportunities ahead of them. They'll they'll have to make the same sort of choices we've talked about today in terms of, you know, what is good and and what is betting. So I appreciate time today, Wayne. Um, really, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. I, you know, Matt, I think, um, you know, just again, finally on the U.S. perspective, for me, it's really exciting to see uh, a number of companies in the United States who have, have idled their projects in the past, now bringing them back into production. Uh, investors are going to have an opportunity to look at U.S. producers again and, and uh, you know, make their bets, place their bets. So, you know, look at operating teams, look at past performance, look at, look at the project quality, the scale. You know, are you making a long-term bet or a short-term bet? Uh, but, it, you know, for me, it's really exciting to see the, the um, revitalization of the U.S. industry. The, the, the biggest names, the ones who've, who have past operating projects, generally speaking, are restarting their projects. The market's right. And uh, you know, this is a good opportunity to get in on the front end of, of, uh, of up-and-coming producers, you know, watch the development. Um, you know, the six months, eight months prior to, to the restart of production tend to be really good for shares and, and share price. Um, and and so, you know, you have some opportunities this, this year to look at the juniors, the up-and-coming producers, place a little bit, you know, put some money in on the big boys too because they are, they don't fail to go up with the market. <laughs> so, you know, it's a good time. It's a good time. Thanks, Matt, for, for the opportunity to chat with you again. It's, it's, it's nice and I wish you well.